Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Peters. I hope that you and your family are doing well today. I want to thank you very much for joining me for this podcast. So uh, I'm reaching back a little bit, and I'll explain why. But this, uh, I'm going to show you some clips from a sermon that Jesse Duplantis preached back in the late 1990s, 97, 98, somewhere in that neighborhood. And the title of it is Close Encounters of the God Kind. And in this sermon, Jesse Duplantis relates how uh, one night he was in bed and was sucked out of his room. Well, God paid him a visit. I mean, it's just bizarre. But anyway, God paid him a visit and uh, he was sucked up out of his out of his bedroom, found himself on a cable car traveling at a phenomenal rate of speed through space and time. And there was a blonde-haired angel on the cable car traveling along with him. And when the cable car came to a stop, the doors opened and Jesse steps out into heaven. And Jesse goes on to tell you about everything that he saw, everything that he heard while he was in heaven. And this sermon is really what put Jesse Duplantis on the map. I mean, he was he was fairly big before this, but this one really, really upped his profile. And uh, so this sermon he preached, as I said, you know, over 20 years ago now, but he is he is just this past year done kind of a, a re-release where he preached the same sermon uh, relating his trip to heaven. He did it just this year, 2021. Interesting thing, though, when you watch the old version and the new version, Jesse Duplantis contradicts himself on a number of points. He can't even keep his own lie straight. And yes, it is a lie. And I, I'm I'm doing this. I'm, the video, the clips I'm going to show you from in this podcast are uh, just a few that I took from part four of this message. The message is very long. If I were to go through every part of it and point out every point of error, I mean, this video, would, it, it would be incredibly long. It would make Gone with the Wind look like a commercial. So uh, there's no way I can do that. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing is just a made-up lie. But um, I'm doing this in large part because I want you to see, for a couple of reasons, I want you to see how brazen, brazenly heretical Jesse Duplantis is, how he is extremely, extremely unbiblical, extremely blasphemous. And I'm also doing this because one of my vocal critics out there on YouTube really took issue with a video that I put up a number of weeks ago in which I said that Jesse Duplantis is not a Christian, and he's not. And this uh, critic of mine, YouTube critic of mine, said that he does believe that Jesse Duplantis, even though he doesn't agree with everything, but he does believe that Jesse Duplantis is a Christian because he has a sound doctrinal statement. Well, la-di-da. Satan has a sound doctrinal statement. Satan believes all of the fundamentals of the gospel. Ponder that for a moment, friends. Satan believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Satan believes that he is co-eternal. Satan believes that he came to this earth, lived a sinless life. The God-man, Satan believes all those things. He believed that Jesus died on the cross and was bodily raised from the dead. Satan believes 
every one of those things just as much as do any of us. Doesn't make him saved, obviously. So intellectual assent to some basic gospel facts does not necessarily a Christian make. Uh, We must believe intellectually in the basics of the gospel, absolutely. But saving faith is far more than intellectual assent. The demons believe and tremble. So um, anyway, I'm going to show you some clips. And if if there's any doubt that um, Jesse Duplantis is a false teacher, a charlatan, and a liar to the nth degree, then this, this should put any of those doubts to rest with any fair-minded person in anyone with a theological IQ above freezing. Okay? Now, it may sound harsh, but that it, it's true. All right, so let's go. And, and everything I'm going to have in this podcast is only going to represent, I think a total, if I'm looking at it, uh, just a few minutes from this sermon, part four of this sermon. So anyway, so let's proceed with our first clip. Listen to what Jesus told Jesse. And I saw a tear swell up in his eye. And he said this statement to me as we were walking. He said, now this is strange to you maybe, but not to me because I was there. He said, the worst day of my life is yet to come. So Jesus told Jesse that the worst day of his life is yet to come. Really? Worse than the crucifixion? Worse than those hours on that day in which the entire world went dark. Worse than when Jesus fully drank in God's wrath. Every drop of the full, undiluted fury of God's wrath was poured out on his thrice holy son. And Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Worse than that, really. He was talking with, all of a sudden, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, is sharing with his creation. He said, you know that scripture, I said that I will wipe away all tears in heaven. I said, you know, Lord, I I never truly understood that. You know, I mean, in some ways I did, in some ways I didn't. He says, that's tears in my eyes, Jesse. He said, on that great judgment day, I will have to tell the creation that I love to depart from me. Now, he's got tears in his eyes when he's saying this now. He's swelling up in the tears in his eyes. Man, it's touching my heart. I want to reach out to him and comfort him. Now, I want to pause right here just for a second because of the people that you just saw in that last uh, frame. This is John and Dodie Osteen. Joel Osteen's parents, of course, John is now dead, Uh, But he was the pastor of Lakewood Church and obviously, of course, was still alive at this time. And he invited Jesse Duplantis to come in and preach at Lakewood. Now, I will say that John Osteen preached more of the gospel than Joel does, certainly. I mean, Joel Osteen is a a blatant heretic and and false teacher. But uh, John Osteen did have more of the more of the meat of the gospel there than did than does his son now that's not saying much but it says a lot about a man 
as to who he will have come and fill his pulpit. As a preacher, who you have come and fill your pulpit says a lot about who you are as a preacher and that John Osteen would have somebody as looney tunes as Jesse Duplantis is come and fill his pulpit and deceive every single person that is ostensibly under his shepherding care, unfortunately, says a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't say this at the Believer's Command. I put my hand on the Lord and I, I, I just kind of, I didn't know what, 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 you know, if somebody you love, you, you do that. You know, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. He said, I dread that day. I dread it. I dread it. I said, you know, Lord, I thought everybody was going to be mean and more vicious. No, God will be tears in his eyes crying as he sends this creation whom he died for and loved. He said, Jesse, it's final. I can't change it. He said, tears flowed from my eyes the day my creation, Adam, fell. But I knew I would send myself that I had a chance to touch people. He said, but this day is coming. It's final. I can't change it. Once it's said, he said, I have to wipe the tears from my eyes. So while Jesse is getting the VIP tour in heaven, Jesus says to him that, uh, Jesse, when I wipe away every tear, those are tears from my eyes. Jesus reiterated that point to Jesse twice, no less. So uh, let's look at this, shall we? There are two places in the book of Revelation that have this wording, wipe away every tear. So the first one, Revelation chapter 7. Beginning in verse 9, I just kind of, it's kind of long, so let's look at the highlighted parts. This is when, of course, John the Apostle is having his real vision of heaven. And notice in verse 9, it says that there is a great multitude, which no one can count, uh, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. Okay, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They are not the Lamb, they are standing before the Lamb. Verse 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, These clothed in the white robes, who are they, and from where have they come? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. Verse 16, They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will shepherd them, and will guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Dear friends, you don't have to be a Greek scholar to figure out what's going on here. The tears that will be wiped away are not tears from the eyes of Jesus. He will wipe the tears away from the eyes of the people described here in Revelation chapter 7, those clothed in white robes, not his tears. But let's look at the other part in Revelation that mentions the same thing, just to be fair, shall we? Let's do it. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Now I'm emphasizing among them to draw a distinction here between God and the people that are gathered. Look in verse 4. And he will wipe away every tear from whose eyes? Their eyes. Dear friends, there is not a 
shred of biblical evidence, not even a hint that the tears of which the Bible speaks that Jesus will wipe away are tears from anyone's faces other than the faces of the redeemed, not his own tears. But Jesse Duplantis is so biblically ignorant, he doesn't even know enough to make this distinction. And so when he says that Jesus told him that those were tears from his own eyes, that's a lie. That is a lie. Jesus did not tell him that. Jesse Duplantis has never been to heaven, and unless he repents, never will. Then I realized that God needs our love. I didn't realize how much he needed me. That makes two of us. See, I've always thought of me needing him. You know? Yeah, I do know. Probably should have stuck with that. How much he needed me. He said, I chose you. He said, no one else wanted you. But I need you, boy. I need you, Jesse. I said, okay. I'll tell every soul I meet that you're coming. He said, I brought you here for this. Now, I, I love the look on this lady's face, and I wish to goodness I had some way of getting in touch with her I, to know if she was really as skeptical as she appears to be. But uh, from the looks on her face, I don't think she's buying it, nor should she. Dear friends, God has need of nothing. He spoke the universe into existence. He is the I am. He he has need of no one and no thing. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Every molecule, every atom in the entire universe is being held in its proper place right now by the constant exertion of God's power. He is completely and totally satisfied within himself. There is perfect unity, perfect fellowship within the Godhood, and God created to put his attributes, all of his attributes and all of his glory on display. He did not create because he has a man-shaped hole in his heart. That is absolute blasphemy, what Jesse Duplantis says, that God needs us. Unbelievable. And if you need a more specific verse, then let's look at Acts chapter 17, verses 24 and 25. Luke writes, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. Could it be any more clear? God does not need us. We need him. Jesse Duplantis is a liar. And now we pick up after he came back from heaven. Once he came back from heaven, he had a preaching engagement. And so this is how that went down. I said, I ain't saying nothing about this. <laughs> People think I'm crazy. No, Jesse, I don't think you're crazy at all. I just think you're a liar. But I digress. 
So the guy that had been picking me up every night was a talker. Well, when I, he got quarter to seven, I cleaned up, shaved as quick as I could. I got in the car. He ain't said a word to me. He just looked at me. I thought, did I say something to offend him? So I didn't say nothing. Driving to the church, he just looked at me. We got there. The service was already started. They were singing. So I walked from the back of the church up the front. As I was walking, people began to point their fingers at me. One of my tape men were there, Brother Fritz Brown. They were pointing their fingers at me. Look at Brother Justin. Then they began to look like this. I was lit up like a, I mean, like a light. I mean, I'm shining. I can't see it. I mean, I look in the mirror. I just see this Cajun face. I don't see nothing. Lit up. People going. So they start looking for, like, for television lights to see what was on my face. And when I walked to the platform, the pastor was just, he went, he just backed up. I, I was going to go sit down at the little half pew they got right there. And he just met, motioned me to come. And I just came and I said, I've been in the presence of God. And they thought I was praying. Oh, I ain't talking about praying. I'm talking physical presence. And people begin to fall out in the spirit of God. So after Jesse came back from heaven, he spent about five hours in heaven. And then he had that preaching engagement to get to. And the, his driver was just looking at his face, walked in the church. And the pastor was just looking at Everybody was looking at him because his face was shining. He didn't know it, you see, but his face was shining because he had been in the presence of God. Does that remind you of someone else? in the Bible, whose face shined or shone, uh, who was also in the presence of God. If that rings a bell, good reason, because it's exactly what happened to Moses. Let's look at this in Exodus chapter 34, verse 29. Now it happened when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand as he was coming down from the mountain. Of course, that being the Ten Commandments that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with him, with Yahweh. So this happened to Moses. And Jesse Duplantis said the same thing happened to him. You know, dear friends, the Bible says that Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. Jesse, you're no Moses. Okay, dear friends, now we get to the final and worst part of this entire tragedy, in my estimation, coming up right here. Jesse Duplantis is now back from heaven, and he walks into his study one day where he just says, Hi, Jesus, and Jesus says, Hi, Jesse. They do actually have that kind of an intimate relationship. But uh, So Jesse walked into his study this particular day, and he noticed that Jesus just didn't quite seem himself. I walked in my study to pray as I normally do. I have a habit of saying, hello, Jesus. And he says, hi, Jesse. It's a first name basis. I walked into that study and something was wrong, Pastor Osteen. I sensed it. And it wasn't with me. Everything was going great. Everything was fine. So I began to pray like I normally prayed, and the Lord began to minister to me, and I ministered to him. Finally, I said, something's wrong. Lord, something's wrong. And it's not with me. Then I realized. I said, Lord, somebody hurt you today? Somebody hurt you today? 
You're not acting like you normally act. Somebody hurt you today. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know me, don't you? He said, my children have disobeyed me. See, we use the terminology, we grieve the Holy Spirit so loosely. That may be the only theologically correct statement that Jesse Duplantis made in this entire dumpster fire of a sermon. Yes, we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 5 is very clear about that. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And dear friends, the reason I do what I do is not because I am trying to end the ministry of Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, fill in the blank, Joel Osteen, all of them, in and of itself. Do I want their ministries to come to an end? Absolutely. I do what I do because they are bringing untold reproach upon the name of Christ. They are teaching blasphemies, heresies, offering thousands of false prophecies, and sullying the name of Christ with their made-up, looney tune, self-aggrandizing stories. That's why I do what I do, because all of this does indeed grieve the Holy Spirit. You hurt him. His capacity to hurt is greater than yours. His capacity to love is greater than yours. I said, somebody hurt you today, Lord. I said, listen, I'm going to cancel all my appointments today. I'm shutting it down. And I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to rejoice and honor you and call your name Hosanna. I'm going to stay here, for lack of a better word, God, to say, till you feel better. And I stood in that study, and I praised God, and I shouted, and I cried, and I loved the Lord. And I said, come here, come here. Let me hug you. Come here. And I just loved you and honored him. And it was about an hour and a half, and I heard him go, thank you. You can go back to your appointments. You bless me. Dear friends, the audacity that is required for a man to claim that he walks into his office, his study, and Jesus is there bodily. Because remember, Jesus said, come here, come here. And he, and he come here, come here, hugged him. And then he heard Jesus sigh a, a sigh of, of relief. <sighs> the audacity that it would take for a man to claim that, to, to give comfort to the Alpha and Omega, the one who spoke the entire universe into existence, the one who spoke trillions of galaxies, each with hundreds of billions of stars, spoke them into existence and upholds all of that by the word of his power, that the one who did that needs comfort from a sinful, vile creature? Unbelievable. That That is, I, I, I don't know that even if I tried I could come up with something more outlandish, more heretical and blasphemous than that. That is absolutely unbelievable. Jesse Duplantis is lying to you. Okay, and, and here's one of the great ironies. 
Because charismatics, even my vocal critic on YouTube that I will not name because I don't want to give him any free publicity, but they would look at a cessationist like me and say, and other word faith NAR, not just him, but but they would all, 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 everybody in that camp would look at someone like me, a cessationist, who believes that only the apostolic, the sign gifts, have ceased. All the other gifts are operational, but not the sign gifts. Um, they would look at me and say, oh, you don't believe in the Holy Spirit. You don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. To the contrary, I would submit to you that it is they who have a very small, very weak, very diminished view of the Holy Spirit of God. Because my view of the Holy Spirit of God is such that I do not believe that a person can be indwelt by the third person of the triune Godhead, the Holy Spirit of God, and teach the kind of blasphemies that they teach, teach the heresies that they teach, give the false prophecies that they give, and make up these stories that they make up and feel no conviction. If Jesse Duplantis and all of his ilk were truly indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God the first time they uttered one of these blasphemies, then the Holy Spirit of God would drop them to their knees under such heavy conviction. And yet he doesn't. Why? Because he's not in there. He's not inside of them. He is not indwelling Jesse Duplantis and Kenneth Copeland and these others. The Holy Spirit of God is not a weakling. He is strong. If he is strong enough to save us, he is strong enough to deliver us out of deception. And this by Jesse Duplantis is intentional deception. Remember this, I'm showing you clips from a sermon that he preached almost a quarter century ago. And yet he has just this year put out a brand new version of it, which in many points contradicts his earlier version, which that's awkward. In fact, just today, just today, November the 22nd, 2021, Jesse Duplantis on his YouTube channel uploaded uh, part four of his current version of Close Encounters of the God Kind just today. But so so he's had a he's had nearly a quarter of a century to kind of think about this and think, you know, maybe I shouldn't have lied to all of those people for all these years. You know, maybe I should come out and say, you know, I, I just I made this up. Oh no, he doubles down on it. Friends, that is not someone who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. I don't care what kind of doctrinal statement he has. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because look at the, content, the, the character of his life. The demons believe and they tremble. Jesse Dupletus says he believes, but he does not tremble. But he should. And Jesse, if by some chance you happen to watch this or someone on your staff is watching this, if you're someone on Jesse Duplantis' staff and you're watching this, get this video to him. I don't hate Jesse Duplantis. I do hate what he is doing. I do not consider him a brother in Christ at all on any level. But I would like for him to be. Jesse, I would like for you to be my brother in Christ. But you're not now. There's no evidence of the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. And unless you repent, you truly repent, you come to a place of godly sorrow, per 2 Corinthians 7, and you repent, which will be evidenced 
by you coming out and admitting to the whole world that you have made this entire thing up. And you've been lying about it for over a quarter century amongst all the other things you've been lying about. That will be the evidence of your repentance. But unless you do, this made-up story to heaven, that's as close as you're ever going to get to it. So, Brother Jesse, I don't know if I can believe these things. I understand that. I'm glad you understand that, Jesse, because I don't believe these things. And neither do you. Okay, dear ones, thank you very much for joining me until our next time together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.